The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SP Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa from Blog and the Boys. What's up, RJ? What up, Stats? Happy Thursday. Happy March. Happy March the 3rd is the third day of the third month. Today is the third day of the week. Monday, one day, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, when, whoa, where, what day? Thursday, the third day. Shout out to Joseph Tribbiani, of course. I don't know what you just said. Yeah, you do. Okay, let's just keep going. We'll push through. I want to remind you before we get rolling here, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. RJ, it's a very special episode today. Are you aware of this? Yeah, because we're going to talk about documentaries. Right. Actually, we're going to talk about the NFL scouting combine It's going on now in Indianapolis. It'll be going on for quite some time, multiple days. And there are a lot of people there and there are a lot of people talking and they are saying a lot of things to quote the office. And frankly, they're saying a lot of stupid things and silly things. So what we decided we are going to do, we are going to serve the people today. We have assembled a list of quotes from what people have said at the combine, and we are going to decide whether or not we believe them. It is the I don't believe you edition of the look ahead and i didn't tell you this in our pre-production meeting which we did have technically um just so everybody's aware you know stats and i holding each other accountable uh, this is actually mostly about my accountability i did tell you personally stats that my main off-season goal is to get completely fluent in spanish i'm about 80 to 85 percent fluent I, I usually tell people when they ask how fluent i am like stats if somebody kidnapped you and i and dropped us off in the heart of mexico and all we had was me we'd survive. Like I, you know, we would definitely survive. Like I'm at that level of fluency. Um, I I understand much more than I'm able to communicate myself, but I really, really want to be able to uh, be a part of and create some Dallas Cowboys, at least Spanish related content come the 2022 season. So big off season goal of mine, get completely fluent. So if you want to say, I don't believe you to people, that's fine. I'm going to go Spanish today. No, so you can say that if you want. That's I don't believe you in Spanish. Uh, we can mix it up, go back and forth, however you want. I can, I'm actually going to slack it to you so you can read it if you don't remember it off the top of your head. But uh, I'm saying it out loud today, really, again, for my own personal purposes, so that everybody here can hold me accountable this offseason. 
I will not assault the Spanish language by attempting to speak it, so I'll stick probably with the English, but we'll see. You know, maybe if the if the feeling strikes me, we'll go there. Uh, where do you want to begin today? Should we begin with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Let's start there. No, no, we'll we'll circle back. Well, I guess let's get it out of the way. I'm I'm I don't believe not to cradle anything when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. This dude okay, is so, so annoying. There's two things on the Packers. First, Matt LaFleur does not want to be annoying to Aaron Rodgers, apparently. He said, I told him I don't want to be overbearing and tell him every day how much we love him and how much we want him back. So you just want to be respectful of his space and allow him to think through everything clearly without being annoying, I guess. I don't buy that. I don't believe you, Matt LaFleur. I don't believe that you were just sitting back, just waiting every day like the rest of us for Aaron Rodgers. I don't buy it. I I know we're playing the I don't believe you game. This is so annoying. Like that that should be another <laughs> game. Maybe we do that this or next week. Uh, the game is this is so annoying. But man, dude, like I hate how everyone has like bent the knee to Aaron Rodgers. And I get it. He's supremely talented. He's arguably the best quarterback on earth right now. And so that kind of just comes with the territory. That's sort of the the plus of, of being that person. But man. I don't, I don't believe Matt LaFleur. I, I don't believe anything Aaron Rodgers says. Like, I don't believe for a second he hasn't made up his mind. This whole, like, oh, yeah, I'm still thinking about it. I'm weighing, you know, pros and cons, blah, blah. And again, like, I hate that, that, that this is being painted as this is some decision. Like, like it's a decision of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to be traded by the Packers. Again, Matt, you know, bro, you have some leverage here. <laughs> like, you, you have, you're supposed to have a, a first-round quarterback who you believe in. You're supposed to have a, a really talented roster. I also don't believe Matt LaFleur. Um, he said that the, the Packers, he believes, have two number one running backs. The Aaron Jones disrespect Matt LaFleur. Let's chill out a little <laughs> bit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't believe that for a second. I totally believe that, that Matt LaFleur floor is like hitting up Aaron so and I think it's probably reached a point of like you know you just have to like actually act annoying it's that annoying like you know it's like so Aaron here I am for our our normal check-in how you feeling today buddy haha I know we're annoying you haha and Aaron's like man I don't know here's the thing about Aaron you know what Aaron wants you to call he wants you to text he wants to be wanted, so you're not going to annoy him. The thing that bothers him is you staying away. That's the thing. So I don't buy this from Matt LaFleur, and I don't buy this from Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, who said he has not gotten a single trade call about Aaron oh, Rodgers. Yeah. Not at all, he said. Not a single person. That's that's complete BS from Brian Gutekunst. I'm sorry. Like, There's no way that he has not gotten a single call, especially because we know for a fact, or, or I should say we're being told that there's another team in the NFC that has called every team that might have a quarterback who's available. So we'll get to that later. But I, I think that that's a dumb thing for Gutekunst to say because I think it's going to piss Aaron Rodgers off, frankly. I certainly understand that logic. I think he has to say it because, and um, my friend Jimmy, uh, shout out to him, uh, James, um, but um, my, my friend Jimmy, he and I were actually talking about that. He said, oh, like, like I can't believe this. Nobody's, you know, inquired about Aaron Rodgers. I was like, dude, like, how could you believe this for one second? He has to say this because the what? moment he says we've listened to or we, we have an offer, it means he's listened to an offer, which means he's entertained the possibility of Aaron Rodgers no longer being the Green Bay Packers quarterback, which means at one point in time, one part of his attention was not focused on a world where Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. So this is just, you know, you have to say this. It's it's the company line that you have to spit out 
about right now. And that's somebody else. Like, if anyone not named Aaron Rodgers has leverage with the Packers, it's Brian Gutekunst. This dude called all of the crap that Aaron Rodgers tried to stare down at him when Gute- when he said Gutekunst has no idea he's building this team, didn't consult me, blah, blah. We need to get Randall Cobb back in here. Basically, everything that Gutekunst has done looks really you know, prominent versus the the one managerial decision that Aaron Rodgers has had influence on. Like, I love Randall Cobb, but I mean, what did that like make a difference for the Packers this past season? No. So Gutekunst, be your own man, you know, stand up, be proud of yourself. You have accomplished a lot. You do not have to bend the knee to Aaron Rodgers. I think it's like, it's just dumb. Of course he's gotten trade calls about Aaron Rodgers. Other teams wouldn't be doing right by their own franchises if they didn't inquire about Aaron Rodgers. We know the 49ers tried to call about Aaron Rodgers before the draft last year because they have told us this. So I know he's gotten at least one call about Rodgers. I, I just think it's silly. And honestly, if I were the Packers, like I don't know that I necessarily just sit back and sit by. I could see a world where the Packers say, look, you know what, Aaron? If you want to play, let us know. But you know what? We think it's best for us and best for you if you move on. We'll trade you. We'll get the picks. Look, he's won two out of the last three MVP awards, right? And they haven't won a Super Bowl. Can he play at a higher level? Because he's been amazing and they still haven't won a Super Bowl. I could see them being like, you know what? Let's get the return that we can for him. It didn't work out. And let's just move on here. And we can we can turn the page and not be playing this weird stupid game just be done with it i will say that the conversations a lot of us had last year were aaron Rodgers is writing this check that he cannot cash he cannot outplay his 2020 season he cannot outdo himself etc i believe he deserves all the credit in the world because he he backed that up he, he did like he really as a player is remarkable that is you know that's a really badass thing that, that he called his <laughs> shot and and that he pulled it off so respect um but you're right like odds are even smaller that he can you know outperform that and so you know this this translates into you know uh bill belichick principle of move on a year too early as opposed to a year too late because aaron you know if, if we're being frank aaron is at that stage of life where the drop the drop off is not gradual when it comes to quarterback play elite quarterback play at least it is night and day it is you go to bed one night and you're an elite quarterback and you wake up the next morning and you are awful and so that day is obviously much closer than it is farther away for aaron Rodgers. and so there is logic to you know it might not be great logic but if you're a packers fan saying you know what this is the third year of jordan love's rookie contract we have to capitalize that on that at some point in time and you know we've sat here and we've, we've made arguments for the bears or the vikings in in the sense of well if aaron Rodgers is out of the nfc north the division is there for the taking and if you're the packers and you are going to rebuild why not rebuild while everybody else sucks? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like do it now. Like let Jordan love or whoever, if you don't believe it's him, get acclimated while everybody else is still bad. Because the worst thing would be if the bears or the Vikings established themselves. And then you're looking up at somebody else without Aaron Rodgers. Right. You don't want to be the Denver Broncos right now in a division with Patrick Mahomes, ironically, Herbert and Derek Carr. Like that is the toughest place to be. I agree with you. Maybe you can, maybe you can sneak in a division title as you're building this thing back up. If you're the Packers, depending on who you get to, to follow Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't believe anything the Packers are saying right now. I thought it was crazy. Um, You mentioned the drop off RJ. So let's go to the one guy who has not dropped off that cliff, regardless of how long Mm, he continues to play. You are upset about this one stats. This is Tom Brady. He was on a pot. He was on Sirius XM radio with Fred couples and Fred couples asked him a simple question. Maybe couples, the legendary golfer to be very clear. Like (laughs) this is, 
This is really random that Fred Couples would be part of this, but go ahead. Couples asked, maybe you can tell us where you're going. Here's Brady's answer. I'm just going to read it. Quote, I wish I had a clear vision of what the future holds. I think for me, there's a lot of great things and a lot of great opportunities that I know I said right after football season, I was looking forward to spending more time with my family. And I've done that the last five weeks. And I know there'll be more of that too. So, you know, I like staying busy. That's for sure. I played a little bit of golf and I'm actually going to see my parents tonight, which will be a real highlight for me on their turf. I'll be sleeping in the same bed I slept at when I was a kid. So look forward to that. Look forward to some golf in the next few days and some more family time. And then we'll figure out where we go from there. RJ, this is my problem. Tom Brady doesn't want to come back and play football. He could stop all of this. All he's got to say is, nope, I'm retired. And that's it. And then all the questions will stop. But he's not doing that. He's not doing that. Instead, he's throwing this word vomit at us, which essentially amounts to keep asking me, maybe not quite. Maybe I'll come back. He Bruce Arian said it the other day. Brady likes this. He likes to have his name out there. If you want to stop this, you can stop it in one sentence. And he's not doing that. And he's not doing it for a reason. I don't have a problem with this personally. And and I mean, I've never really had Brady fatigue, save for the 2007 season um, when like the whole world did. Um, but and obviously Brady's become even more likable over the course of the last couple of years, you know, with, with his time in Tampa kind of separating himself from from the, you know, the evil empire, so to speak. And so I'm fine with this. Like and I, I kind of believe him like I, I believe that he's, you know, serious about not knowing. I, I believe, you know. I, I can see and entertain the idea that he he could return next year because that's that's you know like I used to I mean and I say used to like it was a hundred years ago but I mean I a, a tiny little part of me believes that Brady is satisfied that he outdid Peyton Manning in terms of going to another team and won a Super Bowl like that was something kind of like Peyton kind of had like not that he had it over Brady but it was something unique that Peyton had that that Tom First didn't I went to, to another it. team. Yeah, I went to another team. I was the first to do it. I won another Super Bowl. Cool. Brady's like, that's cool, man. I went to the other conference. I did it in my first season. I also did it in my home stadium. Like, it it, it really feels like anything Peyton Manning ever did, Tom Brady just, like, destroyed. You know what I mean? And, like, wrote, <laughs> wrote his name over. And so, like, in that sense... I could see Brady being like, you know what else I want to do? I want to be the guy that the guy that comes out of retirement and does it again. You know, like he just like he has and has touched every facet of greatness. And so I I believe he kind of wants that in a weird way, um, if that makes sense. But I mean, I also believe he wants to spend time with his family and play some golf. And I, I believe it's also good for his image and his brand or however you want to put it to stay in the news. And I think that's that's par for the course to stay on on sort of theme here with golf. You know, Tony Romo, and I can tell you this, has never said that he is retired ever. He has <laughs> never used that word specifically. He constantly, you know, dangled. I don't know. You never know, you know, it's always in you whatever yeah exactly um so i mean i guess my real you know uh thought is get used to it like we're going to be hearing a lot of this when he's part of the the next match that that bryson dechambeau and brooks capka do it's going to be the same old thing we're going to hear him wired when he's driving from you know his his fairway shot up to the green like yeah I mean you know it's all that fire always burns inside of you you know you always want to be a competitor and you know I, I would love to play for for my hometown Niners I mean he is the king of he's the king of everything that's the conspiracy right so he mentioned specifically oh he's I'm going home I'm going to sleep in my own bed and I'm going to play some golf 
And that is like Niners Twitter is like, oh, my, he's going home. He's going to play golf with Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan's not at the combine. See, it's a secret meeting. I mean, Mike Florio literally just made a bet with uh, the Dan Patrick show. He'll take a pie in the face if Tom Brady is not the 49ers quarterback next year, which I got to bribe the people on the Dan Patrick show to let me throw that pie. Because let me tell you, I, they, that will be therapeutic for me having worked with Florio. Um, who wouldn't want to pie their old boss in the face? You know what? But like, sorry, not to like ignore the pie thing. Um, I would love to pie anybody, really. I would feel really bad, but um, I wouldn't. wouldn't feel bad at all. Um, but like, that's another like, again, thing that Brady could touch. Like, like name name a person who has done that, who has who has had that fairy tale. Like, and it's not it's not often that you hear. It's usually Dallas Cowboys, right? Like, I grew up rooting for the Cowboys, blah blah. So nobody's done that. But like, who has has you know risen? Who has taken their childhood team that is very notably their childhood team and accomplished it all? Uh man, on the top of my off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Uh, I know that Griffey made a big deal about going to the Reds, his hometown team, but they sure. stunk, <laughs> and yeah. he had massive injury problems. So I mean, I don't know. like there are some dudes who you know like go play for the Lakers because they're LA guys or whatever. Like that kind of happens, and like um, I mean, like Garrett Cole. There's the picture of him as a Yankees fan as a kid, right? Like um, I'm sure you've seen like holding the sign up at a Yankees game. Like that's kind of a thing, but still he hasn't, you know, done it all. I mean, so like that could be another thing that Brady does is like finally returns home. And like, again, it would, it would add, there's, it's hard to add to the greatness. And maybe that's the challenge for him is like, what unique ways can I chase the greatness or chase stories or chase accomplishments? All right, so let's stick to the theme of this show. Do you believe Brady when he says, I wish I had a clear vision? Like, do you believe he doesn't know that he wants to come back and play? I do believe that. I mean, because uh, I believe That's he's... I, come on. He either knows or he doesn't know. Give me a... No, break. because I, I think he maybe half knows. And if he's half anything, that he doesn't he doesn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't... Yeah. I believe he doesn't have any 100% level of conviction on anything. That I do believe. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go uh, to Washington? Do you want to go to Miami, no, Seattle? No, 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 no. All right, here we go. Um, I want to go to the Combine, technically. I mean, that's, you know, because you kind of left the Combine. You were there with, you know, Rodgers and LaFleur and Gutekunst, and then you left. You went out west. Big homer. Stats went to San Francisco. <laughs> um, right. I want to go to the Combine, which is kind of Buffalo and Chicago, because there is all this chatter stats. No te creo that Mitchell Trubisky is like the guy. I mean, I do think that there's a world where, you know, we've been forecasting oh, all these quarterbacks are going to move. I have a friend who has said on some um, national podcasts, 
and had to put a lot of egg on their face. Like Aaron Rodgers won't be playing for the Packers and Russell Wilson won't be playing for the Seahawks. And he, he said those things last year and he looked pretty stupid when both those things wound up happening. Um, but yeah. we're, <laughs> we're hearing like this guy can move, that guy can move. Blah, blah, blah. It's possible that it's extremely chalk and that nobody moves. Um, but Mitchell Trubisky's name is being thrown out. And maybe that's a product of that. Maybe it's a product of like, well, Russ is going to stay in Seattle. Aaron's going to stay in Green Bay. Kyler's going to stay in Arizona, whatever. So like, who's the next best option? And there isn't a real obvious answer. And so I'm not even necessarily saying that Mitchell Trubisky isn't in contention for that answer, except I am sort of saying that. Do you know stats? I would like, I would like you to guess how many games that Mitchell Trubisky was active for last year. That's the question. Six. He played for the Buffalo Bills, in case anybody was unaware, because I'm sure there are some people. Six? He cheated. Whatever. It was six. Um, <laughs> so, and to be very clear, I actually said, to pat myself on the back, something I do very rarely around here, yeah, that, right. that Mitchell Trubisky was going to get some moments in some mop-up duty because the Bills were going to be good, and that was going to impress people in terms of his 2022 candidacy to be a starter. That didn't even really happen. <laughs> I mean, he was there. He, he was active for six games. He threw eight passes. He, he had 75% completion. Um, six, he completed six of his eight passes. Um, 43 yards. That's it. And he threw an interception. <laughs> like of, of those and so like but th this is the formula and we were kind of talking about this before the show started if you are a former high profile whether that's first round top picks whatever guy and you have flamed out in a notable place like not just a, a team but like a notable sports place like obviously mitch did in chicago the formula the the path to reconciliation is to go to a very good team with a very good quarterback and do nothing. That's what Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky has done flawlessly. Carson Wentz, I know you're listening. Hit Mitch up and ask him how to follow this path and do it yourself. And then we'll be hearing the same sort of thing that Carson Wentz is like the top guy in 2023. I cannot believe, I do believe that somebody is going to talk themselves into Mitchell Trubisky. So in that sense, this runs counter to the premise of this show, but I can't believe it. So it's not necessarily I don't believe it. It's that I can't believe it. Being the backup quarterback on a really good team is like the Betty Ford clinic for high draft pick quarterbacks. It You come in, right? You're No one thinks about you, cares about you. You're a backup quarterback. You failed. You flamed out. It's over. And then you just get in like limited game action and just look okay. And the problem is, because we have this image of you as a failure, our expectations, the bar for what we think you can do is so low. When you get in the game and you just don't look like a complete turd, then we're like, hey, maybe they fixed him. Maybe he's better. No. Then your uh, your draft stock becomes relevant again. You know what I mean? It's like, right. well, this guy was the second overall yeah. pick. You know? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and so it's just an amazing sort of thing. I maintain that this is exactly what would have happened to Andy Dalton had he not had to play a lot for the Cowboys in 2020. Yep. Um, if, if Dak Prescott had not gotten hurt and Andy hit like what, and I actually said this on my show on the blog on the boys podcast network today. Um, if Andy Dalton had had in 2020, the season that Cooper rush did in 2021, where he was mostly invisible. He had to start one game for the Cowboys. It was on Sunday night football. He won it. And he threw a game winning touchdown at the very end. Ima imagine if that had been Mitchell Trubisky, like that was just Cooper rush, like just kind of your journeyman backup quarterback. But if that had been this archetype of backup quarterback, the young former starter that flamed out in a place, I mean, it would be like pandemonium to sign Mitchell Trubisky right now. Um, obviously that wasn't the case for Andy Dalton. Although, ironically, he did 
you know, wind up unseating Mitchell Trubisky of all people in Chicago. But I, I just, this is astounding to me that like all of a sudden, because he didn't do anything, Mitchell Trubisky's <laughs> better now. Yep. I mean, what, what would be different? Is he going to be more accurate? Is he going to be better at reading defense? Like, what is the thing that leads you to believe that this person is going to be different? It's insane the way we do this. And we only do it with quarterbacks, I feel like, right? We don't do it with wide receivers. We don't do it with offensive linemen or running back. We just, but you're right. All of a sudden, like you do one thing and people are like, you know, he was a second overall. Like your draft status, you go from being a bust and then all of a sudden it becomes an asset again. It's it's a yeah. weird cycle. And then like even this will be like when they even traded up for him. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just it, like they all become like pros in your argument, which is ridiculous. I I still think it would be incredibly stupid. But if the Giants in this specific example, Simon Mitchell Trubisky, and it was like, well, Brian Dable worked with him the entire year in Buffalo. Like he, he must, you know, like like I could, you know, like there's at least like some very loose logic that you can sort of mine out of there. But like, like, why is it going to be great in Indianapolis? Like and, and like that's the thing, like I'm almost at the point and I'm so happy that I have had the opportunity to roast the Colts on last week's <laughs> look ahead and on Monday's Monday Football Monday. But like the Colts have completely thrown not just loss but they have thrown away the benefit of the doubt when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks like and like the Colts I used to think and I used to say and I believe I was one of the first people to say and, and think this but it was a little bit before you know there's a little bit of a podcaster John Elway's ability to evaluate quarterbacks god awful the, the only thing yeah the only thing he's ever done correctly is use his cachet to woo Peyton Manning good for you John Elway you pulled it off but other than that you are really bad at this the Indianapolis Colts are the John Elway of like brain trust when it comes to evaluating quarterback play. If it's not Andrew Luck, it's terrible there. And like Phillip Rivers was fine, but that was kind of something they stumbled into. This was a horrible decision by Carson Wentz. And again, spare me, Chris Ballard, like get into the podium in Indianapolis. Like, you know, we're, we're going to do what's best for the Indianapolis Colts. Then have some freaking accountability. Like, again, th- I hate that they have put me in this position to like defend Carson Wentz because I don't want to. But they are not only throwing this dude under the bus but they are backing up and driving forward and backing up they are making sure that that roadkill is dead and that they have no connection to it i actually that is extremely cowardly of chris ballard and frank reich to completely and totally put all of the onus on carson wentz and if i was wentz that would be my pitch to a new team be like look man look at these fools like they're out here like i suck don't get me wrong but like they suck too we suck together if you and i suck me and you new team we'll suck together at least like team unity that's a lot of sucking but no you're right like if you're driving and you hit a deer but you're driving 150 miles an hour down the road in the middle of the night like you take some of the blame for hitting the deer you can't just be like well i hit a deer like no no it's worse than that they were like blindfolded and listening to music (laughs) and they're like can you believe the the gall of that deer to (laughs) jump out in the middle of the road like that i mean it's the road what's the deer doing i mean the road is for cars not yeah i I am so out on the cults. Like, that is so coward. That's the the perfect word. They are so afraid of any kind of accountability. And they're selfish. Like, that, they're great people, great human beings. But when it comes to this specific thing, they are completely and totally selling out in the name of protecting themselves. And sometimes you got to do that, I guess. All right. Can I go to Washington now? Uh, Um, You can't. There's not much to be proud of there. But, you know, it's up to you. That's true. Uh, I want to go back to Washington because I want to go to something that their general manager, Martin Mayhew, said. And this is another thing that drives me up the wall. He said, quote, we've spoken to every club that has a quarterback who might 
be available. And this violates my one of my core beliefs, core philosophies, which is. Do you have these have, written down somewhere? Stats. I have like everybody has these, but I have definitely crystallized mine. Um, he said, we've spoken to every club as a quarterback who might be available. There are three things, RJ, that you never have to tell people in life. Number one, I'm good looking. Number two, like people could see you're good looking, right? You don't have to tell people if you're good looking. They know. Number two, I'm smart. You don't have to tell. If you are smart, you do not have to tell people if you are truly smart. The only people that tell people how smart they are are idiots. And number three is I'm a hard worker. People can see you working Ooh. hard. You do not have to tell people that you are a hard worker. And that's what Martin Mayhew and Washington are doing. We've we've called every team. Yeah, that's called your job. <laughs> Don't tell me about the labor pains. Show me the baby. It doesn't matter if you call every team. It just matters that you get a quarterback. If you only call one team and you get a quarterback, you've done your job. Like, I do not like this. And maybe it's because I root for the Mariners when it comes to baseball. And they are the absolute kings of telling you about all the deals they tried to make without actually making one. So maybe there's some bias and some scarring here on my part. But I don't want to hear that you've called every team. It doesn't if you call every team and don't get a quarterback, who cares? Just get the job done. And so far, they haven't done it in Washington. They haven't done it for a long time. I really, really like um, these core beliefs. I'm going to use them as a teaching point to my son when he's old enough, and I'm going go. to completely and totally steal them and pawn them <laughs> off as my own uh, so that I appear to be uh, full of wisdom. I don't have to tell him how smart I am. Um, it's it's funny that you brought up the Mariners. Uh, stats, by the way, so everybody knows, loves to play MLB The Show and fix the Mariners <laughs> since that's the only way they it's can impossible. have success. Can't be um, but this, to me... Every, everybody's you know taking turns roasting Rob Manfred and and rightly so because baseball is is you know broken like I don't I don't know of a more um, apt way to, to describe that but there's the quote going around about how he talked about if they had to cancel games obviously which which baseballs had to do in case anybody's unaware uh, that it would be a disaster right and, and they've they've reached that point so now it's like a matter of like um, well are you is this a disaster <laughs> like what would you like you said it's like I told you a, a few weeks ago I went and listened to Mike McCarthy's interview with Peter King a few months before he became the Cowboys coach. I want to measure you against yourself. So like measuring Rob Manfred against himself, like this is a, a disaster in literally your own words. So in that sense, what if what if they strike out? Like like what if Washington doesn't get anybody? What 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 if, you know, and then they have to trot out Taylor Heineke or whatever, like then it's a matter of like, well, you clearly don't believe in this guy because you told all of us, you, you told all of us how hard you were working, that you had to call everybody, that you were looking under every single stone. And so like, if, if you have a starter that is not one of these big name dudes, then you failed. You just basically put that, you know, sort of uh, onus on yourself by like, again, and that's to your point stats, like this does nobody any favors, like this, or this does Martin make you no favors specifically, like bragging about this, only works out if you pull it off like like Aaron Rodgers like you know what I mean like writing that check only works out if you cash it and it's pretty unlikely that Washington is going to cash this check so he's only setting himself up for failure Washington could do nothing but get in their own way I mean they're so thirsty for a quarterback you're probably gonna have to trade for one of these people right that's really what he's talking about we're calling teams that might have a quarterback because we want to trade for them well and you're telling everyone how desperate you are you're making it harder. You're just giving them more leverage because you've already publicly said that we're doing everything we can. So it's like, there is no point to this. And it's just, 
bad teams do bad things again and again and again. And it doesn't seem like it matters who the GM is in Washington or who the coach is in Washington. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't walk that back because I have two friends who are like, Ron Rivera so good and he's so great. And Washington's going to be amazing with him. Funny how the song has changed. Well, they've been better than they were before Ron Rivera got there. Have they Talk not? about a low bar. I mean, you know, whatever. Look, you, you guys suck. That's okay. The Oddcast sucks when it comes to evaluations of love how you, head coaches you in the NFC. take victory laps when Washington lost their starting quarterback week one of the season. They lost him for the whole year. Well, you're over here dragging them for not having a quarterback, so you're doing the same thing. Well, he's well, but again, the guy that they lost was better than the than the people that they got. The guy they lost was not going to do anything, and like that's actually lame too. Not that you're doing that, but like they do that. Like, well, if Ryan Fitzpatrick hadn't gotten hurt, welcome to the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like crap happens. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like spare me. Like, it's just it's lame. Be better. And again, like your brilliant plan was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like that was that was it. Like that was the like all in proposition for them. It's so lame. All right. Uh, where do you want to go now? We've gone Washington. We've got a couple other spots. Okay. What's okay. uh, piquing okay. your interest? Okay. Uh, I want to go to Washington. Um, not that Wayne one. Um, the, the better one. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to uh, to the Mariners, actually, as well. Um, Pete Carroll took to the podium, uh, kept his shirt on. I know you guys talked about that on the podcast this week um, and said, We're, everything's good with Russ. We're fine. We're totally good. Here's another thing that you don't have to say, but this is a little bit different from your kind of like rules of thumb. If things are truly fine, you don't have to tell us that they're fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if things are fine, they're just fine. Um, so Pete Carroll saying we have no intention of making any move there. You guys talked about, uh, again, you know, different tropes that have been thrown out at the combine only to be undone in the month after when free agency fully takes off. Yep. I mean, kind of like Brian Gutekunst, I think Pete Carroll has to say this. Like, again, what, what are you going to say? Like, you know. Oh yeah, we're uh, we want to move this dude like ASAP. I mean, let's 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 move on. Let's get him out of here. Whatever. I mean, so this is just kind of part of the the rhythm, I suppose. But I don't believe Pete Carroll for a second that they have no intention of, of making any move with Russell Wilson. I believe they don't want to do anything. But and and you know, shout out to again my friend Rob who held Russ's feet to the fire here on the SB Nation NFL show. I'd like to see somebody else hold Russ's feet to the fire the way my man Stats did. Um, but like Russ is. Russ is king of the walk back, right? Like he, he really is. And you don't listen to the NFC's mixtape, so you miss out on my awesome Russell impersonations. Um, but you cannot, you cannot give us a list of teams that you would like to play for and then act like you are, again, Mr. Go Hawks. Like you can't. Like you cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube. Um, and so I fully believe that – I actually think that the lack of potential movement around the quarterback landscape only makes Russell want to move even more. Like, forget, like, actual competitiveness. He's like, well, i got to be the only one. You know, like, if, if Rodgers is going to move, i got to be the guy. I, this has to be the, the offseason of Russ. Let's do it, baby. Mr. Unlimited. Uh, let's get me somewhere, anywhere that isn't Washington, except for the other Washington for obvious reasons. Except he said he wants to stay on the West Coast. So, like, it's, it's such a Do you a believe weird... him or do you not believe him? Not the clear. I don't believe anything that Russell Wilson says to be honest Ooh. with you. I don't believe this wow. line from Pete Carroll. Like, what's the famous line, right? Minnesota Vikings. We have no intent to trade Percy Harvin. And then what do they do? Like a month later, they traded Percy Harvin. Ironically, to the Seahawks. This is a right. great episode of irony. Wow. Okay. Arizona Cardinals. Josh Rosen's our guy. What do they do? Dump him. Draft Kyler Murray. Like, no intention of anything. All that means is you got to up the offer. That's what yep. that is. That it's up the offer, and it's also. I think, honestly, it's Schneider and Pete Carroll's message to Russ. If you want out, 
say it. We're going to make you say it publicly, and we're going to make you be the bad guy here. If you want out of town, you're going to have to earn it because Pete Carroll's 70-whatever years old. He ain't looking to get a new quarterback and rebuild. Russell Wilson's the best draft pick John Schneider ever made, probably will ever make, considering how great Russell Wilson has been. You really think he wants to trade that guy? So I think it's a message to Russ. Forget off the pot. Because all this double speak, all this other crap, that ain't going to be enough to get us to trade you. I'm forgetting who it was at the moment. I apologize for that. But um, one of the the athletic beat writers who covers the Seahawks was on the Around the NFL podcast last year, like before the season started. And he said something that I thought was so poignant. He said that the way Russell was kind of characterizing things, and I know we've talked about this before, but it was kind of like a campaign, like kind of like setting things up for like when the Seahawks failed, it was going to be because of these factors. Like, I don't have the offensive line. I don't have this, whatever. So that, like, even the most, like, ardent Seahawks fan could be like, well, who could blame Russ? You know what I mean? Like, he was <laughs> he was poisoning the well, so to speak, uh, of missing. Maybe it's maybe you don't believe it's misinformation. But, but you know, poisoning the well to fit his narrative. And so in that sense, I'm totally with you. I think Pete Carroll, they want the blood on Russ's hands. Because the person who says it, the person who does it, that's the person who's criminalized by the fan base. It's, wow, Russ, you wanted to leave? Like, look at Aaron Rodgers. How could you do that to us? Or it's Pete Carroll, John Schneider, you dealt Russell Wilson? How could you do that to us? We're the Seahawks fans. We love our quarterback. He's saying he wants to stay. Somebody has to blink first. And if I'm the Seahawks, I think I have to make sure it's Russell first. He's doing a great job of trying to sweep the team's list under the rug and say, like, I want to be with Seattle. I want to be here. I want to be on the West Coast because and that's like a that's a very small, like sort of tactical thing. What what West Coast team could he play for conceivably that isn't Seattle? There isn't right. one. He's not going to San Francisco. <laughs> right. I mean, so so like that's like, you know, again, he's he's not dumb, Russell Wilson. He's very smart. He's very crafty. He's very, very, very intentionally spoken. He knows what he's doing. Yep. And so I agree with you. I think he's very much trying to control the narrative so that he can get what he wants. He can have his cake and eat it too, which is an expression I hate. Um, so yeah, I don't believe anybody here. And the weird thing is like, I partly understand Russ not wanting to get criticized. Like Patriot fans were knocking Tom Brady when Tom Brady left New England. Like you cannot do literally no one has done more for a team in terms of football accomplishments than Tom Brady has done for the New England Patriots. Yet when he wanted to work and live somewhere else, they dragged him. Some of them, some of them, not all of them, some of them, like a, a portion of them. The only one like along those lines, because that's an interesting question, too, that I feel like the, the fan base didn't really hate him. And we have already mentioned him, but it was Peyton Manning. I don't feel right. like, really feel like they were Colts fans that turned on him. But again, because like some of that's like the, the timing of it and Andrew Luck and everything. But mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's hard. It's very, very, very difficult to kind of toe that line. Yes. The what do they say in Moneyball? The first person through the wall always gets bloody. Well, both sides in this one are trying to make sure the other person goes through the wall first. I will say I also don't believe this and it has nothing to do with the Seahawks because I do believe it's that one of these you know quote-unquote star quote-unquote veteran quarterbacks is going to get moved I saw an interesting note from pro football focus I hadn't thought of it in these terms but over the last two years the number of quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl in their first year with a team has tripled did you know this oh. um 
prior to 2020, the only quarterback who had done this before was Trent Dilfer with the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, Tom Brady did it, again, ironically, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, speaking of Trent Dilfer. Um, and obviously, Matthew Stafford just did it with the Rams. So I just cannot believe that there is not a team out there who doesn't see themselves as this year's 2020 Buccaneers or 2021 Rams, and that Russell Wilson is not their Tom Brady or their Matthew Stafford. Maybe it's not Russell Wilson, but I... I think that Green Bay is much more committed to Aaron Rodgers, and, and even Arizona is much more committed to Kyler Murray, given the timing of his career, than Seattle is to Russell Wilson at this point. That is 100% fair. All right, let's go one more place quickly. Let's go across the country to Miami. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer was talking about Deshaun Watson and said pretty plainly, quote, the door is shut on Deshaun. There is only one way I believe this, RJ, and that way is if Stephen Ross, the owner, was like, look, I got enough going on right now. They might kick me out of this league. I cannot be trading for the quarterback that has criminal cases open against him and 22 civil suits. We we're just done. Like it's just, we wanted him, but it's not going to work out circumstantially. So that's it. Now it's over. Other than that, I don't buy this for a second because the dolphins could say that they're tired of negotiating, whatever. But if the Texans were to call them up tomorrow and say, okay, we'll trade them to you for a second round pick. Are you going to say no? Like, of course the door is not closed. It's never closed. See this. I do believe um, because of the exact quote, which is the door is shut on Deshaun Watson. You cannot be that definitive about something unless you are a hundred percent certain. You know what I mean? For, for whatever reason, like you're right, that might be the, the driving and propelling motivation. You know what you said, that's very fair and very logical, but like you cannot commit to something this substantially unless you have drawn a hard line in the sand. You know, and so that's why I believe them. Um, I do think it's very interesting how the two most maybe logical destinations for Deshaun, and this point is about Miami, um, have sort of like dried up as options for non-Deshaun reasons. Like Miami and, and the Commanders were really it, right? Those are the two like heaviest rumored places to be. There's no way that either of those teams can touch him right now, right? Like of all of all teams, those are the ones that are least capable of doing it. So like, who is there for Deshaun Watson? Like, even if he is traded, like who's who's the place? Like where, what's the dot to connect? I can't even come up with one at this point from like, like and, and even if you believed it was the Giants, now the Giants can't go down that road road for their own reasons like there's maybe the broncos like maybe that's the one the broncos um, philly absolutely I, they have three first round picks i know but i mean maybe philly is is the one least impacted all, all these other teams the dolphins the commanders and the giants have uh their cultures being investigated literally um in in different ways by the nfl and, and by congress <laughs> so i mean that's why like it's difficult to imagine those teams being the ones to uh leap for deshaun watson what about the raiders we could put, make car part of that deal i the Saints? i think that I, mean, I think the Texans team. win that deal. Like if like, and I don't mean like that Carr's a better player than Deshaun, but I think they, that's the best result for them. Like I think Carr comes in and stabilizes them. Like at least like you know, like helps get them to five hundred. Not that how, that's like worth bragging about, but I mean, how crazy would it be if if the second Carr brother ended up back on the you know ended up on the well, Texans? A lot of people thought they were going to draft him in twenty fourteen. You know a what lot I mean? of people said that they didn't draft him because. Things didn't work out with David Carr. They were like, oh, they can't draft him, which is a dumb idea, by the way. They're two it's very different dumb. people. Like, who cares? Uh, would you not draft Nick Bosa if you already had Joey Bosa? Like, that's stupid. It is stupid. Um, it, it makes sense, I think, for, for Carr. You know, it would be cool. Like, that would be cool. I think that makes Carr a little bit more likable. Like, I think there are people who are down on him. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be this kind of like he immediately is the, like, the best player on their team. 
Like, is that a, is that like a, a an exaggeration? Probably not. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, so that'd be good for him. It'd be good for again, like, and he's Derek Carr has his flaws and his faults, and this point started with Miami and Deshaun Watson, and you know, so that's interesting. But I mean, Derek Carr is a I, I, I hate these tropes, but he's a great leader. He's a great locker room guy. He'll say all the right things. He'll do all the right things for you. Like, that's where I would be focused if I was the Texans. Give me Derek Carr. Josh McDaniels, you want to go down this path? Good for you. Here's Deshaun. Happy trails. It'd be, man, it'd be interesting to see McDaniels with Deshaun Watson. That that might be a fun offense to watch. But again, we are a long way to go before we ever see Deshaun Watson on the football field. And remember, the NFL still has not had their say. They haven't done anything with Deshaun Watson. They haven't penalized him in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That could still be coming. So, you know, we're a long way to go. We just spent like a minute on this, but like, I think I would put the Raiders in the Dolphins, Commanders, Giants category. Like, they're still coming off the, like, the John Gruden thing. Like, I don't think they can touch Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think they're closer to that end of the spectrum than the Eagles Broncos side of the spectrum. No, that might be fair. I, I do feel like the Gruden thing, like, hey, the Gruden thing surfaced and we fired him. Now yeah, they, they like kind of dealt code. with it and then it's over. Yeah. Although they didn't fire him right away. Took That's a second true. email being released, but whatever. Um, So we'll see how that all works out. So that is our I don't believe it episode of the look at. We hope you enjoyed it. Not the Cleo stats. Not I don't believe you. Right. Rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you have a question for us, a criticism, anything, leave it in your five-star review. Hopefully five-star review on iTunes. Or you can hit us up on social media. He is at RJ Ochoa. I am at Stats on Fire. My DMs are always open. As I like to say, I'm here for the arguments. RJ, have a fabulous weekend. I hope you have some really sweet weekend plans. Do you? Um... Not at the moment, but I do want to find a documentary to watch. I was telling you this. Um, so if you have a documentary to suggest, uh, Stats is on Twitter at Stats on Fire. I am on Twitter I at RJ Ochoa. Um, I know, but I'm reiterating it, Stats. I'm plugging this. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, <laughs> if, if you're looking for a documentary, two, one, two documentaries I would recommend. I don't know if you've seen either of these stats. Um, have you seen Three Identical Strangers? No. It's about triplets that were separated at birth. And triplet uh, boys who grew up and then kind of realized that they were actually triplets. Uh, it is fascinating. Um, so give that one a, a watch if you haven't. And this is kind of a series, so you got to devote some serious time to it. Have you seen McMillions? No. Oh, dude, you would actually love this. Uh, I believe it's still on HBO Max. I don't know where Three Identical Strangers can be found, but McMillions is about, remember when we were kids, the McDonald's Monopoly game? Yes. It's about how that was like basically a fraud. And right. basically, and basically, like fixed, and how there was all this like governmental, like you know, cover up stuff. Like it is incredible. It's I think it's like eight episodes. Uh, my wife and I watched that in the early days of the pandemic, and it was amazing. So I highly, highly, highly recommend McMillions. There you go. Your streaming recommendations from RJ Ochoa. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Odoyo rules. All right.